0: Well, that's back-to-back losses now for the Vegas Golden Knights. A mopping of the floor at the hands of the Arizona Coyotes on Thursday night. Malcolm Subban's hurt. That's not ideal. Could there be lineup changes coming for Saturday? We'll find out. And we chat with Mark Parrish from NHL Network to get his take on the Golden Knights this season. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights, everybody. It's Friday. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Happy Friday to you all if you made it to the end of your work week. If you haven't, that's okay. You're probably still having a better Friday than the Vegas Golden Knights because, oh boy, not good, not good. Uh, welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. And before we dive into uh, Thursday's game, usual call to action. If you are not subscribed to the podcast already, I encourage you to do so. Uh, we're giving you all the daily dose of everything Golden Knights related, whether it be news analysis or game coverage. Uh, whatever you tickles your fancy, we are doing that for every day with the Golden Knights. And uh, we welcome you to this podcast. If this is your first time listening. Uh, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we are on Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcasts from, we are more than likely on there. So please uh, feel free to subscribe. If you are on Apple, please feel uh, free to give us a review, give us a rating, let us know how we're doing, uh, let us know what you'd like to see on the podcast going forward, and all of that good jazz. So I appreciate the all to all of you listening, and to all of you first-time listeners, welcome. I I appreciate you more than you know. Uh, So we need to talk about Thursday. Not pretty. Not pretty in the least. A lot happened that was very, uh, I guess, eye-opening would be the way to put it. Was not the most ideal situation for the Golden Knights. Um, A 4-1 loss to the Arizona Coyotes on Thursday night. Uh, If you count... If you take away the two-goal lead that they had against the Boston Bruins on Tuesday, the Golden Knights have been outscored 8-2 to two in the last 110 minutes of hockey. That is not ideal. What is also not ideal is that Malcolm Subban uh, left the game after playing one period and did not return. So Marc-Andre Fleury, who got a day off, still had to come in, and play in relief for the final 40 pl- 40 minutes or whatever it was for Vegas on his day off when we've been clamoring for god knows how long that flurry needs some more time off and this was a prime time to do it in this environment against this team and Malcolm Suban was playing spectacularly in the first 20 minutes of action that he saw for the first time this season Stopped twelve of the first. Uh, Stopped twelve of the fourteen shots that he saw. The two goals allowed were really not his fault, especially the first one, uh, with Connor Garland scoring the first of two at eight minutes of the first period when uh, Carl Soderberg's pass, uh, got to Garland and then Garland just threw it on net and the puck went off Haig's, Nick Hague's skate. And beat and uh, trickle past Subban, so one nothing at eight minutes. Um, then at nineteen twenty one, Nick Schmaltz scored a goal after a relentless forecheck and relentless pressuring by the Coyotes, uh, which ended up with Barrett Hayton, the former first round pick of the Coyotes, getting his first NHL point in the process. Uh, Dvorak with the other assist, um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that play in a second. But with four seconds left in the first period, the Golden Knights do get on the board. Shea Theodore, with his first goal of the season, with four seconds remaining in the period, um, cut it to two to one. The goal was challenged by Coyotes coach Rick Tockett for goaltender interference. Easy call saying that it to, uh to confirm that it wasn't goaltender interference. And then the Golden Knights get a power play for a minute 55 to start uh, the second period, but that did not last long. And that momentum did not last long because as soon as that power play ended, Connor Garland, who was serving the minor for the delay of game bursts out of the box and has a breakaway on Mark Andre Fleury, who again had to fill in for the injured Malcolm Subban. And the first shot that Fleury sees coming in cold is a breakaway by Connor Garland. And he beats Fleury and it's three to one. At 203 of the second period. And then to make matters even more better for the Golden Knights, Nick Jalmerson, who did not score a single goal all of last season, scores a goal at 1828 of the second period, scores now four to one, and that would end up being the final score. So Vegas, after an inspiring 10 minutes on Tuesday, gives up four consecutive goals. To the Bruins, they score one more to kind of get back into it, but nothing, nothing avail. And then on Thursday night, there was just no chance for Vegas. I I mean, Arizona was relentless from the get-go. Vegas had their opportunities, especially on the power play. When you consider how good the power play has been the first three games to this point, Vegas goes 0 for 4 on the power play, and... Not only did they go 0 for 4 in the power play, Arizona had a plethora of breakaways going at the other end. I think it was I counted 5 shorthanded breakaways for Arizona at one point during this game. That might be too little, that might be too much. I I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it it was a relentless performance by the Arizona penalty kill which is widely considered one of the best PKs in the in the, uh, in the NHL and they led the league in shorthanded goals last year, I believe it was. So you knew the kind of danger that you that um, that Arizona would present on the uh, on the shorthanded side. but Vegas just could not figure out how to beat Darcy Kemper who made 36 saves on 37 shots. And you knew the writing was on the wall. I think after those two power, the first two power plays for Vegas because they get one, they get the first power play at 3:46 of the first period. Vegas somehow gets five shots off on this power play, and Kemper stops all five. And at that point, if you're not beating him, then you're probably in for a long night. And then the second power play after Vegas cuts it to two to one on the Theodore goal, you have a real good opportunity to tie the game with the man advantage and immediately you don't score. And then, like I said, Connor Garland sprinting out of the box and just coming in on flurry. First shot he sees, doesn't get enough time to stretch out, probably doesn't get enough time to warm up, get ready to go. And he gets beat and it's 3-1. And then after that, Vegas just, just fell apart. And this is... I want to make sure that I'm not saying everybody needs to overreact to one loss. Again, Vegas is now two and two. You know they were probably looking very good, and everybody was on an all time high when the when they uh, when they beat the Sharks in the first two games, and now they've had to come down to earth a little bit. So I'm not trying to say that. Um, I'm not trying to say that this is an overreacting type of event, but. That was really a chance for Vegas to play some inspiring hockey, and it just didn't happen. And for Coach Gerard Gallant, who, you know, he was already pissed off after how many times they turned the puck over on Tuesday night against Boston. Nothing more was any different than his reaction uh, on Thursday night.
1: Well, we got to move on, but you don't want to be saying this too many nights after games. We said it the other night against Boston, so we said it again tonight, so let's show me now. You know, We weren't good enough. We weren't even close to good enough tonight, so they get their chance to take care of things against Calgary next year.
0: So the first thing that comes to mind when you think back to Subban leaving the game, man, it's got to be deflating. To, to see how well he played first start of the season, he's energized, he's ready to go makes some incredible saves. Uh, there was a, uh, was a shorthanded breakaway in the first period. I can't remember who it was exactly that was walking in on Subban. It was after Theodore whiffed on the puck, and Subban made a stop on, uh, on the breakaway. And it was that kind of save where it's like, okay, well, apparently he's ready to play, and if this is the Subban that Vegas is going to get, this is the Subban that's going to earn more playing time this year and kind of spell Marc-Andre Fleury in times that he needs. But then you watch him go down, and it's just deflating. Absolutely deflating. And I and Gerard Gallant would not confirm if it was upper or lower after the game. I believe it was a lower body injury. Uh, watching the Schmaltz goal when to make it 2-0, uh, Schmaltz initially crashed the net and landed on Subban's left leg. So I want to say that it was a that a lower body injury and had something to do with that impact, um, but we'll probably have a better update tomorrow. So now with Vegas coming up on a back to back with Calgary and LA on Saturday and Sunday, now you gotta wonder if Malcolm Subban's even gonna be ready to go for likely the Kings. I'm pretty sure Flurry's gonna get the start on uh, Saturday. Now that would be sh- shocking if he wasn't. So now, is, will Subban be ready to go, or will they have to call up Oscar Dansk or Garrett Sparks from AHL Chicago? And if that's the case, and if Subban does miss time, even if it's just for a little bit, because right now he's day-to-day, but if it is for a little bit longer than that, that sucks. That that absolutely sucks for Malcolm Subban, just because... He has had to deal with a lot of you know, what-if conversations over the last couple of years, and he gets his chance, plays extremely well, and then that happens. And he's been dealing with the injury bug since he got picked up by Vegas a couple of years ago. And there's really been no consistency as far as him being the backup goaltender, and that, that really sucks. So hopefully he'll be back and ready to go and be on the ice. Um, hopefully... For Sunday's game, if not, um, my guess at this point, and it would be obvious, we'll see Garrett Sparks or Oscar Dansk in net on Sunday when the Golden Knights play the Los Angeles Kings for their conclusion of their three-straight Pacific Division uh, slate, I guess you can call it. So we're going to be going into our chat with Mark Parrish from NHL Network, Uh, Talking about the Golden Knights and uh, just his thoughts. Uh, We had we had a chat on Thursday morning, so this was before the Coyotes game. A lot of good insight from Mark, Um, and uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But before we do, we do need to remind you that Vivid Seats is still here. Vivid Seats, if I could say the word correctly, Vivid Seats is still here, and Vivid Seats still wants to save you a ton of money to go see live events. Vivid Seats gives you the chance to see your favorite concerts, theater productions, sporting events at prices you can afford, and they even want to reward you at the same time for doing so. So if you were to go get some tickets for Saturday's game against Calgary at T-Mobile Arena, right, and say you get two tickets, right, and I think the last I checked is still around 80-some-odd dollars for two tickets to go see Vegas play Calgary on Saturday, you can get rewarded by getting credits back just by making a purchase in the Vivid Seats app because once you download the app you'll automatically be enrolled into the Vivid Seats rewards program which means you can get credited you can get credited for seeing your favorite things. Every purchase you make accumulates credits for future purchases that you can make down the road. And Vivid Seats wants to help you with your very first purchase to make sure you're set and ready to go. All you got to do is go on your App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, get ready to check out, and enter the promo code POSTSEASON. So like the playoffs, POSTSEASON. If you do that, you can get $100 in discounts. You're not going to find many offers that good. $100 off your first purchase, that's pretty dang good. Just download the Vivid Seats app, enter the promo code POSTSEASON, and save at least triple digits on your first purchase and get rewarded for your purchase as well. Go to Vivid Seats. Enter the promo code Postseason for a hundred dollars off in discounts. That's V I V I D Seats to save a hundred dollars today. All right, so I guess uh, I guess I'll start just based on uh, the thoughts you have on the Golden Knights this year, where you think the team is, and uh, how you think they stack up this year.
1: Well, they're definitely a Stanley Cup contender. They're a team that. they burst onto the scene a couple of years ago. Obviously went to the Cup Finals. Didn't show any signs of slowing down last year. Tough playoff series against San Jose. Uh, and I see them right at the top winning the Pacific as well as being one of the best teams in the West and making a run for the Cup.
0: How much does the uh, does the impact of the young guys have on this team? Obviously they're throwing a couple of rookies out there in glass and Hague. How, how much uh, could their progress either maybe hinder their chances at winning the pacific or or possibly could help them this year
1: i don't think that with their depth and what we've seen out of them
0: so far i don't definitely don't think they'll hinder the team at
1: all plus the leaders you got in the room pat mark stone guys like that they're gonna help them come along and help them become professionals quicker than most players would obviously i think that 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 will help them now they could have also end up being the x factor we've seen Cody Glass is a very high hockey IQ. He could come in, come in and add to that depth, add to that scoring, and the quicker he matures, that's the better he's going to help out the Golden
0: Knights. And and you mentioned Stone, obviously, this being his first full season uh, with Vegas. Just how much do you feel that he's really turned that team around from a team of notably a collection of really good talent to adding – a superstar of his caliber and how much he's really changed the course of that franchise in the matter of only a few months?
1: It's, it, it's hard to say this, but he's been underrated in Ottawa. People are finally starting to realize how good of a two-way player Mark Stone truly is. When he goes to a better team, he gets better players around him, and he's just elevated his game to another level, and it's fun to watch. Obviously, everyone in the NHL wanted him last year when Ottawa was, was Looking to trade them, Vegas wins it. Obviously, signs with Vegas right away. There is a bit of an adjustment period when you go from one team to another. The lights are different. The rink's different. Looking down, you see different colors with, playing with the puck. Teammates learning names. It t- takes a little bit of time. Now that he had a full off season coming back in this year, he looks very comfortable. and looks like he's just going to leave Vegas as
0: far as they possibly can go. And obviously, when they traded Stone, Uh, They traded for Stone. They had to give up one of their top prospects, and even with Patchetti, they gave up another prospect in, in of their own right. But Cody Glass is the last one that's really standing out of the three that Vegas drafted in their first draft class. I mean, what do you see as the the ceiling for Glass? I mean, obviously it it helps that he's on a line right now with Stone and Patchetti. What what do you see the ceiling for Glass for as long as he's with Vegas?
1: As long as he continues to focus on D-zone, the details of the game, of playing away from the puck, he could easily turn into a Mark Stone. I see him play, play, play so similar to him. He's obviously playing alongside of him. They're talking after each shift, after each game. i sure Mark Stone's taking him out to dinner. All that, as long as he's just soaking all that in. I see him being almost identical to Mark Stone with maybe a little bit more offense, possibly.
0: That, that's a very interesting comparison. I haven't heard about that. I know that uh, Pacioretty's kind of taken him under his wing, and a lot of people have compared him to Pacioretty from the offensive standpoint. Um, but that's definitely interesting to think about in, in terms of Stone, especially if you can develop that, uh, that uh, the 200-foot game that he's been working on. How do, you, how do you think Vegas would have finished last year had Game 7 gone a different way? How far do you think they would have gone?
1: But in last year's playoffs was, was pretty difficult for us so-called experts on picking who <laughs> was going to win with some with all the upsets what happened early on. But they're easily a team that could win the Stanley Cup. The parity nowadays is exactly what the owners wanted. The cap space, the way they have burst onto the scene, the way they the, the expansion draft, and then now glass getting their players that they've drafted. This is a team that... Uh, 20 guys that have picked him, picked them to win the Stanley Cup. So just to see how it plays out in the playoffs.
0: And, I mean, obviously, Fleury being the backbone there and going on 35 this year, is is it amazing to watch just how much he still has in the tank even though he's approaching 35 and it looked like a couple of years ago that maybe his career was going to end sooner rather than later? Is it crazy to see just what he's done since he's gotten to Vegas?
1: Actually not at all anybody that knows mark andre knows his character he knows what kind of person he is he had a little chip on his shoulder obviously when pittsburgh moves on from him goes to vegas gets an opportunity to play with such a great team and really carried them early on gave the team so much confidence that he's just as long as he stays healthy i'm not surprised at all that's the big trick get a little older everything gets a little tighter you tend to take some more games off and see how that works out but i'm not surprised a lot of us are not surprised at all with that guy and his character
0: do you think that this could be a a year for patch to kind of maybe have a one of the best seasons of his career he's obviously got a full year under his belt with vegas uh the trade kind of threw off his um his training regimen for most of that off season so he had to get acclimated to a lot of different things full year under his belt in Vegas. Do you think this could be the year Patrick Reddy has, might be one of his best years of his career?
1: I think so. I think so. Again, to go back to that adjustment period, it takes time and you never know how long that adjustment period will take. And you know, obviously with this regimen, when you get into your routine, that's very important for each player individually. You got to get that, find that, find the drive-in, find out where you're going to live, family, all those things coming to, come into it. And I have no doubt that he will have a big year. Will he have the best year of his career? Who knows?
0: Yeah, it, it looks like already his he's seems to be skating a lot faster. He's he looks a little bit more comfortable. I guess the word you mentioned comfortable is uh definitely uh helping him early on. And he just looks like he's ready to turn it on into a different gear this year. just yeah, his, watching him in preseason and
1: whatnot. Confidence. You can see how his confidence is growing going along with that comfortable. And with confidence, goal scores, that's Pretty much their entire game. You've got confidence with the puck. You're down in front of the net or heading towards the net. Next scoring chance. You almost get to a point where you know this shot's going to go and you have that much confidence. And that's what he's looking like this year.
0: The additions of Stone and Pacioretty, um Do you think that they took the pressure off the Carlson line a little bit, knowing how well they were in year one and knowing that the, there was a lot of pressure to replicate that in year two? Do you think that they've kind of taken the pressure off of them? They can just go out and play hockey and try and kind of recreate that first-year magic again?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't rely on one line all year long. It's just not fair. They're going to have off nights. And even though that first year of the Carlson line, they were able to pull it off, which is incredible, you just got to assume that it's not going to happen every year, every game. So the way they step up and more or less have the two number one lines that's deadly to play against. You don't know which, whoever's going to get the second D pair and should have the better night.
0: A huge thanks to Mark Parrish for taking the time to chat about the golden Knights with me. Uh, it's always good to talk to the people over at NHL network. You can find Mark and the rest of the NHL network crew on NHL tonight throughout the regular season. Check your local listings at NHLNetwork.com. Mark and everyone else there do, does a great job of giving you the right analysis and all the happenings around the league. So it's always great to talk to those guys and pick their brains about what they think about the current landscape of the NHL. Uh, so now we turn forward to Friday, and as of today, and we look to what in the world is going on with Malcolm Subban. Will he be at practice? Will he not be? Will Garrett Sparks or Oscar Dansk have to be on a A red-eye flight to Vegas from Chicago. That's uh, that's a situation worth monitoring. Uh, Cody Eakin's potential return could be this weekend. His uh, season debut could be happening this weekend, depending on how he is as a full participant in practice. And then what does that mean for one Cody Glass? All of that and more we will dissect for tomorrow. Um, Even though it is Friday, Friday, That does not mean the train stops for us. We will be talking about what is going on uh, leading up to the game against Calgary on Saturday. Then we'll follow that with thoughts and analysis going into the game on Sunday at L.A. So be sure to um, be subscribed, be locked on. That's becoming my favorite pun, I guess, is to tell you to be locked on to the Locked On Podcast Network and to be locked on to the Locked On Golden Knights Podcast where we will have uh, updates and everything happening in the world of the Vegas Golden Knights. So that'll do it for us today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your continued support of this podcast. The fact that we're now about a couple weeks old really really is a lot of fun. We're enjoying doing this, and uh, we we hope that you are enjoying the coverage that we are provided, providing to you. But if I could ever speak a full sentence, that would be fantastic. Um, But thanks again for tuning in, everybody. We will catch you on Saturday to get you ready for Golden Knights and Flames. And then we'll be back again for Sunday. I think we're going to go nonstop. I think we're going to go nonstop just because of the games of the weekend. This is going to be a long week. This is going to be a very long week for us. But uh, we will see you guys then. Until then, I am Danny Webster. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Locked on Golden Knights. We love the music that plays us out. We're going to play it again and again because it's a good way to unwind. I like the music. If you don't like the music, please let me know. But if you like the music, let me know too. Have a good one, guys. We'll let the music play us out. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.